Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most family-friendly podcast network. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello, fighters. Welcome to News Fighters for today, March the 25th, 2021. Now, if you're new to the show, News Fighters is a light-hearted, in-depth look at the big stories of the week in Australian news, media, and politics, hosted by me, Dylan Bain. And joining me uh, for an interview later on is host of the Junk Time AFL podcast and the head writer of Tonightly, Michael Chamberlain, who's here to talk about the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the new AFL season. But I think Melbourne people were really craving getting back to the game. And, and um, I mean, 75% capacity of the MCD, that's 75,000 people. That's basically the biggest stadium in the world now, just with 75,000 people. But first, it's raining rain. Well, good evening. As we go to air tonight, there is a flood emergency gripping New South Wales. Rivers have broken their banks from Kempsey to Sydney and on south, sweeping away homes and swallowing up major roads. Yes, absolutely. Tragic storms inundated the eastern half of Australia this week, causing widespread damage. But... The TV news needed rain to sound explosively dramatic. As we go to air, our mid-north coast is being pummeled by a powerful rain bomb. This is what happens when a rain bomb explodes. Yes, it wasn't rain, it was a rain bomb. But why stop there? How about a drizzle apocalypse? A downpour Armageddon? Or how about a precipitation decimation? See, even I could work in commercial TV news. But the one thing nobody could agree on was... How rare this weather was. It'll be a 1 in 5, 1 in 10 or 1 in 20 year event. The most dangerous weather system in 40 years. A once in 50 year rainfall event. What might be the worst flooding in 60 years. The 1 in 100 year weather event. But big respect to the journalists out there who didn't try and pretend to know how rare this storm was. And there is a weather event that no one has seen for a very long time. For the first time in a long time, rain has tipped Warragam 
Amber Dam. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Storm, don't get storms like this every day. It's been a while. Who knows how long? I don't know. I'm just a journalist. We also got one of my favourite TV storm news tropes, the live cross to a reporter being absolutely inundated. Emma, residents are being ordered to evacuate their homes right now. But personally, I think this woman had the most insightful and truthful take on the floods. I mean, it'd be great if it stopped raining would be the one thing. Yes, the great thing about us Australians is we're generally upbeat, even during natural disasters, including this guy who seemed delighted to be filling sandbags. Sandbag in my house. Why? Because of the rain's coming. Okay, so to recap, it's 2021. I have a supercomputer in my pocket. My money is in the cloud. We're having HD footage beamed from Mars. Uh, Supplies were sent to flood victims by drone. But you're telling me the only way we can fill up a sandbag is with a shovel? Hey, Pfizer. Hey, Oxford University. I got your next challenge right here. Get to work. And of course, being Australia, what do we always do when the world is ending? We drink beer. And he lost his belongings and his home. But that didn't stop this Aussie legend from cracking open a cold one. He's going to join us live. (laughs) Making the most of their new swim-up bar. Nothing they can do but just sit and watch as the water comes up. And Mark Kelty plans to do just that, beer in hand. Yeah, it'll be all right. Stay with me, dog. And we might have a couple of beers, we're happy. Yes, we're back to drinking as the world ends, just as we did a year ago this week when we faced our first lockdown due to COVID. In Darlinghurst, last drinks at the Courthouse Hotel. Bottle shops are open, I'll be fine, I've got two fridges. Yes, and when I'm Prime Minister, I'm putting the two fridges guy on the $5 note. Yes, and to add to the end of the world vibes, remember a year ago when the Bushfire Command Centre at Homebush was repurposed into the Coronavirus Central Command. Ashley Raper is at the newly created Coronavirus Central Command, which has taken over RFS headquarters at Homebush. Well, you're not going to guess what happened this week. That's why we're setting up our operations centre in Homebush. Yes, the bushfire, then COVID command centre became a flood command centre, all in the space of less than 15 months. What's next? A giant spider plague (laughs) command (laughs) centre? One family on the mid-north coast has been overrun by thousands of spiders. Like residents, hordes of spiders have been left scrambling for higher ground. Check these spiders out. Oh, my God. All right, I'm done. Enough. Australia, I've had enough of Australia. Why Why can't we have a pandemic... Of, of like free ice cream or something for once. In fact, the floods were so bad that the ABC got its coronavirus numbers man, Casey Briggs, to start covering the floods. You remember him. He was, he was the guy who stood in front of a touchscreen every night last year reading out depressing numbers. 104 cases were recorded today across the country. So 532 new infections across the state today. And now, because there's no coronavirus in Australia at the moment, the ABC is like... Uh, hey Casey, you're good with numbers. Uh, do us up something on dam levels, would you? It can hold 2,000 gigalitres. That's roughly four times the size of Sydney Harbour. So between 300 and 500 gigalitres have been released a day. Hey, while we're repurposing our COVID workforce, can someone ask the contact tracers how good they are at filling up sandbags, please? And it wasn't just humans impacted. Atari family leaves home behind, passing cattle, horses. It's the fifth horse I've saved, mate. They're not my ponies. We've pulled nine head of cattle out. Today, all were accounted for except Grace the pig. Suddenly, with an oink and a grunt, a snout emerged from the floodwaters. 
Uki the emu swimming furiously against the brown torrent. The SES also came to the rescue of two goats that were washed away at Windsor. Yes, emus, goats, horses, cows and even a goose. The PM spent the morning touring the New South Wales flood zone. A prime ministerial tour of the great ocean that has swallowed so much of west and northwestern Sydney. Yes, moving on from the flood of rainwater in New South Wales, in Canberra there was a deluge of crocodile tears. An emotional Scott Morrison has vowed to improve the treatment of women in Parliament. Fighting back tears, speaking about the women in his life. An emotional Scott Morrison has pledged to improve the culture in Parliament House and attitudes towards women describing the past month as traumatic. Yes, Scott Morrison tried to hit reset on the way women view him this week by doing a tear-filled press conference where he kept reminding us it's been a hard month. This has been a very traumatic month. It has been a month of such reports. I've been doing a lot of listening over this past month. Yeah, when Scott Morrison says it's been a bad month, you can't help but think that it was this that got his attention. Today's news poll has the federal opposition ahead of the government for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Labor is back as uh, leading the two-party preferred vote. Scott Morrison got very teary-eyed at the press conference, thinking about all the women he knows personally. Criticise me, if you like, for speaking about my daughters, that they are the centre of my life. My wife is the centre of my life. My mother, my widowed mother, is the centre of my life. Yes, Morrison this week very much declaring himself in charge of his family unit, caring for all the women in his household, while everyone else should go and fend for themselves, especially uh, domestic violence victims. The new data on unclaimed super comes as the federal government announces its plan to allow domestic violence victims to raid their super savings is actually now under review after concerns were raised by stakeholder groups. Yeah, I mean, sure. Thankfully, that policy was spiked in the end due to, you know, widespread outrage. But what kind of a government even proposes a policy in which women have to raid their own retirement savings when fleeing domestic violence. Who thinks like that? And also, what's the deal with Scott Morrison dragging his kids into the picture whenever he gets caught out or put under pressure? Like, remember when he got caught holidaying in Hawaii during the bushfire crisis and said, oh, I'm trying to be a good dad? Scott Morrison apologises for holidaying in Hawaii with his family while other families faced catastrophic conditions. Um, the, the girls and Jen, they love holidaying in Hawaii and so we've had a few nice days here. I know there's lots of dads and mums out there who work hard all year and try and treat their kids at this time of year and mate, that's what I was just trying to do. Okay, so why now? What brought about this emotional mea culpa after an entire month of horrible allegations directed at his own party? What seismic event made him see the light and try and relaunch his entire relationship with women. The Prime Minister declared he was shocked and disgusted by reports of Coalition staff sharing explicit images of sex acts videoed inside Parliament House. 10 News First has obtained shocking images and videos of senior government staff, so-called conservatives, performing sex acts, not just inside the building, but on the desk of a female MP. A masturbatory offence against a piece of furniture seemed to have finally, if briefly, prompted Scott Morrison today to engage all those skills learned in his taxpayer-funded empathy training. Really? After the last horrible month, the straw that finally broke Scott Morrison's back was an office-wanking scandal. I mean, 
It's not hard to believe that a political party made up almost entirely of elite, privileged private school boys wound up misbehaving like a bunch of elite, privileged private school boys. But, I mean, it even led to this dressing down from the PM. Sorry, that's a bad choice of words. It, it, it led to the PM doing this. All government staff in Parliament were called to a meeting with the Prime Minister this afternoon after another sex scandal. Now, we don't have a clip from that meeting, but, but I think I do have a clip uh, that will give you an idea of uh, what that meeting was like, courtesy of the classic 1990s British sketch comedy show, Big Train. Um, guys, sorry, can I just say something for a moment? Um, I know this isn't going to make me very popular, but I've uh, got the supervisor coming tomorrow and I don't want to see any wanking in the office. So. It's bullshit! Yeah, and to be honest, I think we're going to have to cut it out altogether. No way! Okay, but seriously, this is absolutely disgraceful workplace behaviour. Symbolic of systematic widespread chauvinism within the Canberra bubble. The coalition staffer, shown disgracing himself, was immediately fired, but there was no word on anything happening to everyone else who shared the images around. Now, the firing led to this reaction from Nationals MP Michelle Landry. Look, I was absolutely horrified when I saw that last night. In saying that, the young fellow concerned... You know, he was a really good worker and he loved the place and um, I feel bad for him about this. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of wish the Coalition cared as much about female victims through all of this as they did workplace wankers. But back to Scott Morrison's pity party press conference and what we were seeing was an attempted rebranding of ScoMo from a daggy dad to a listening, loving, sensitive feminist. Forgive me this indulgence. I want women to have at least the same opportunities and the same voice and the same safety as men in this country. Really? Huh. That's not what you were saying two years ago at your International Women's Day speech. Gender equality isn't about pitting girls against boys. See, we're not about setting Australians against each other, trying to push some down to lift others up. That's not in our values. That is an absolutely liberal value that you don't push some people down to lift some people up. And that is true about gender equality too. We want to see women rise. But we don't want to see women rise um, only on the basis of others doing worse. Yes, nothing says you're pro-gender equality like saying, hey, don't take any of those high-paying jobs away from the boys. Which brings us to gender quotas for MPs. Something Labor has had since the 1990s, but the Liberal Party has fought against for years. Now Scott Morrison says... He might be open to it. You say you want more women in this place. Mm. This morning, Karen Andrews said that she thinks the Liberal Party should seriously consider quotas. Is that something you'll consider now? And if not, why? Well, my colleagues know that I've been open to that conversation for some time. Yeah, not sure how long that is. Like, when he became PM, he was very much opposed to the idea. Because I believe in any political organisation, um, it should be a matter of one's own effort and exertion and credibility and merit. Janet Albrechtson writing in the Australian newspaper says there could be nothing more demeaning to women to think that the only way a woman could win pre-selection is if the men pull out. I mean, do we go, are you a merit person or not? I'm a merit person and the party members will decide our candidate in Wentworth. Well, there's a man dedicated to keeping men at the top of society, if I've ever heard one. I mean, Scott Morrison's idea of affirmative action is probably just removing all the desks from Parliament House so there's no more furniture sex scandals. Yes, Scott Morrison and the government had such a bad day on Tuesday, the ABC's Andrew Proben almost slipped out a swear live on air. How much has the Prime Minister's own conduct and rhetoric made things worse for the government? 
Juanita, undoubtedly they've uh, contributed. In- yes, undoubtedly they've uh, effed up. Okay, so realising he'd stuffed up his attempt to rebrand himself to women in front of the entire country on Tuesday, on Wednesday Scott Morrison attempted a re-reset, going on Radio 2GB to speak to well-known feminist and women's rights advocate Ray Hadley. And he directly reached out to women with banter like this. And I'm back in Chad Townsend to have a, gr- a great game this weekend. <laughs> He's a great guy. Wade had, his, Wade had his 250th. He was celebrating with his kids. And I'm just glad the footy's back on <laughs> too. Yeah. That helps everybody. And then when asked what the solution is to the macho, patriarchal, misogynistic, anti-women culture we live in, Scott Morrison said, hey... Why can't everyone just be nice to each other? Right, we've, we've all just got to respect each other a lot more. Getting back to some of these basic moral principles about respect, caring for one another, loving one another, and treating others as you'd like to be treated yourself, mm. I think that's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, you know, treat others as you want to be treated yourself. Unless, of course, you're a freelance arts worker, temporary visa holder, or casual worker in hospitality, in which case, no job keeper for you. That's only for us boys with the full-time work. Morrison also added that it's not the government's role to help fix society anyway. One of the things you, you, you learn pretty quickly in government is that, you know, government can't solve all these problems. We can certainly do our bit, but we've all got a, we've all got a role to play here. And if everyone sort of sits back and says, oh, the government's got to fix this, well, it won't get fixed. Look, at the end of the day, the problem here is that we keep electing these free market, small government, laissez-faire, neoliberal conservatives. They think government's main role is to collect taxes, redistribute those taxes to the states, fund the military, have some culture wars on welfare recipients and immigrants, do a few photo ops, and then everything else is 100% the individual's responsibility. How the hell have we got through COVID so well so far with this guy in charge? I have absolutely no idea. This is a government that when it comes to anything to do with women, the environment or young people. Undoubtedly they fucked it up over and over again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, welcome back to News Fighters. Joining me now is Michael Chamberlain, host of the Junk Time AFL podcast, the head writer of Tonightly. He's, he also hosted News Fighters about a year ago, right before the coronavirus hit and uh, he's got a new show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival called Calm Down which is running March 24 to April 11. Michael Chambo, how are you going? Good man. Um, so how's the last year been treating you as a uh, TV writer? I think uh, we uh, yeah so we did a episode of News Fighters February last year uh, which oh, you graciously right, yeah. hosted and then I was talking to Beck Melrose who hosted the day after you like yours was the last day of non-coronavirus news I think we did it on like the labor environment policy and Quaden uh, uh, and Quaden Bales and then the next day right. it's been all coronavirus news top main story every day since February yeah, 25 wow. last year um, what's it been like you did you just go go to ground as soon as as soon as that happened uh, has there been much much work on for a uh, for a TV writer I was pretty good in terms of I just kind of was inside like I I reckon I didn't I actually don't think I saw a friend until like June which is probably a bit over the top because I was in Sydney as well so it wasn't as bad as in other places I suppose um, but I, the one thing I found fascinating was that I'd go to the supermarket maybe every second day you know Mm. Um, go to the bottle shop maybe every second hour. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what's fascinating? On the way to the supermarket from where I live, I walk past a costume shop. Okay, there's a costume oh, yes. hire shop. Yeah. And when they said essential sh- shops only, yes. so you know, yeah, supermarkets were open, blah blah, chemists, all that kind of stuff. That costume shop stayed open. Did not did not shut. And every time I walk past, I'm like, surely today's the day. <laughs> surely, surely there's a closed sign. On the front, but at no stage no. did it shut down the entire time. And you see, during a pandemic, how many yeah. people are after a uh, an awesome powers costume? I know. Well, Who wants a Borat mankini? Near my parents' house, there's like a magic shop. I don't think yep. it, I don't think it shut down either. Like they yeah. never said what it, what was essential and what wasn't. They were just kind of vague. So it was what was essential was up to you. So if buying. 12 Austin Powers costumes every day is essential to you, then yes, you can do your essential shopping at the costume shop. I suppose so, yeah. Um, and then I, uh, yeah, and, and then obviously bits of pieces work through, uh, fell through. Um, the one thing I did do was come down to Melbourne for some work uh, to work on The Masked Singer. Um, oh, which had, which had a massive COVID outbreak. It did, yeah. So I got the Were bit you of the on set at all? Or were you? Were you? I, I was. Yeah. Oh, wow. So when I came down, I came down to Melbourne. It was the kind of a calculated risk because I was like, uh, "Chamber, I want that dollar, dollar." Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I was like, "I also want to see my mummy and daddy." Um, sure. And I had, so I came down. I think about two days before Dictator Dan had brought in <laughs> um, the uh, uh, mandatory masks, yep. and then I think about three days after I came down, he brought in the curfew and the five k rule and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I would go in for a record day, so that's like 10 days all up. Um, and then um, I think some very glamorous dancers caught it and we were all considered close contact. So I had to go and sit in a hotel for two weeks. Oh, wow. Okay, so during the whole pandemic in Melbourne, uh, Mars Singer was declared essential because I know Kmart wasn't open for months in Melbourne, but Mars Singer was deemed essential. Look, people, near, people need to hear, um, see Bush Rangers sing. 
Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. I don't, I, think I, I don't think I like your tone here, Dylan. I mean, people <laughs> need to see to see people dressed in uh, kitten outfits, true, uh, true. singing the hits. Okay. <laughs> You're very cynical. Um, and so, what's it like? You're down in Melbourne now for the. Melbourne International Comedy Festival. What's the vibe in mm-hmm. Melbourne like now? I hear that uh, they just announced uh, on Tuesday they're allowing 100 people in houses and I hear the capacity at the footies going up to 75%. Is the mood electric down there? They're like, footies back, comedy festival's back. You know, Sydney's got all think- our bad weather. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I think there'd be a bit of a vibe about it. I think people were quite excited about the idea of crowds in Melbourne. And I mean, I, I mean, yes, I was here for a, a month or so and did my little quarantine, but I can't say I did it as hard as Melbourne people did. Like, I do talk to some people and they kind of go, we, we got a bit of PCS about this. And like, also, whenever there's, you know, two or three cases, they're like, no, don't, don't, don't make <laughs> us do this again. Um, I think people, you know, do have still have a bit of a trauma about it. And also, there are I think also I feel for the people who kind of were living alone. I mean, I live alone myself and um, and for the people who kind of, you know, weren't allowed. I mean, what, what was it? You're allowed to go and visit a friend if you were banging them? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, but a lot of, relationship, lot of relationships <laughs> amped up suddenly. You know, a lot of, I'm sure a yeah, lot of mates yeah. who liked watching the footy together were like, well, we're an item now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no. If the cops come in, just take your shirt off and we'll line yeah. it up top of each other. And uh, I, I see, I saw at the first round, Scott Morrison turned up to the game. What, ga- what game was that? And why? And he doesn't mind being around 50,000 men, it seems like, a big crowd of men, <laughs> but he won't, he won't go out and, and visit a crowd of women, it seems. He was there at the uh, there's a traditional game that kind of has kicked off the season for the last eight or so years. It's Richmond versus Carlton. So ScoMo was there. Wow, I think he had a beer in hand. Ooh, oh, frothy. And everyone was very brand. excited about the week of games on the round one. Yeah, they've changed a couple of rules and people seem to think, yeah, I think that might work. What are, what are the new rules exactly? What should we be aware of? There's a few, but the main one they seem to kind of, people seem to be liking is the man on the mark rule. So say if you take a mark or you get a free kick, um, I now can only just stand in one spot when I'm trying to put my hands up to you know block the kick. Oh, so okay. usually, usually it used to be that you could be yeah, run left to right and kind mm-hmm. of cu- cover them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So if they try and kick it to the left, you can run to the left and try and kind of cover that. But if you can stand in one spot, that means that the, that gives the player a lot more options to be able to, to kick the ball. And then there are just a few little tweaks like, um, you know, how many people can be in certain areas. They did this last year. So uh, at the start of the game and when a goal is kicked, only six people can be in the, f- in the front and then six people in the middle and then six people in the back. And they kind of have to stay in the area until the ball is bounced to kind of clear out congestion and the like. Cause, COVID you know, the safe. COVID safe. They want some distance well, between everyone. Is that why? <laughs> well, that's the thing, actually, because it was funny last year. It started last year because it was like, uh, okay, you guys can go and tackle each other and jump on each other and sweat <laughs> on each other, but but make sure you elbow bump, okay? Yep, yep, and, then, yep. and then they were like getting in and doing the song at the end of the game. It was like, no, you're not allowed to touch during the song. It's like, uh, I just touched <laughs> about 22 guys over there. Um, the, the worst games are when there's 35 people standing around the ball. Yeah, it's like watching a little kids match. They're always chasing the ball. So yeah, yeah. hopefully they're just trying to clear it out. But yeah, but I think Melbourne people were really craving getting back to the game. And, and um, I mean, 75% capacity of the MCG, that's 75,000 people. That's that's yeah. that's basically the biggest stadium in the world now, just with 75,000 people, you know, yeah. in Australia, sorry. On to your Melbourne Comedy Festival show. Uh, uh, now, I went to the trial show the other night. Very funny stuff. Very great. 
kind of look back at the past year, uh, not it's not super topical, but I think fans of News Fighters and Tonightly will like it. What what can what can people expect? What are some of the topics you you delve into? Well, I mean, I think it, I'm talking a bit about COVID, but I think it's hopefully it's a kind of a bit of a different take. Like everybody in Melbourne has the take on on lockdown as such, but I'm hoping that mm-hmm. their minds work a little bit differently. Um, and then just uh, I don't really have never really talked about kind of writing for TV, um, which I've you know made the bulk of my earnings over about the last ten years. So I kind of do a chunk on that. One thing in your stand up show I loved, which was a, a, a something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, is you bought a pl- you bought plastic knives picnic knives at the supermarket mm. and you got ID'd. This happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think this is a Sydney thing. What was your <laughs> what was your no reaction? Reason. Yeah, what was your reaction? No, but what was your reaction when this happened? I was a bit surprised and I, 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 I it happened in King's Cross so I was thinking like oh maybe like is it like a bit of a rougher area or something although the cross <laughs> is obviously being cleaned up enormously oh yeah um, or it's just been, it's been shut down basically that's how you clean a place up um, but yeah I don't know when they brought that rule in and also I wonder how, I mean I don't know I suppose if you got stabbed by one it would probably go in <laughs> would you think do you think I mean they barely would- cut they barely cut a cooked chicken I'm not quite sure no what- no, you're right. They, they, you know, if you tried to chop a carrot, like it would probably break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, I don't know when they brought that rule. In, I think but, Bob, yeah, Bob, they, Bob Carr. I know. You know, when the, with the '90s, he was New South Wales premier in the late '90s. Yeah. You know, they were doing this Giuliani-esque tough on crime thing. Uh, okay. And he yep. brought in that. I think for spray paint and knives, you have to be over. I thought it was 16, but but I bought a plastic knife, like a little reusable plastic knife. Uh, and the, and the, I had to be over eighteen. I'm like, this is mission creep. Like, what are they gonna yeah. What are they gonna do next? It'll be plastic chopsticks, pla- you know, straws, well, plastic, plastic other, spoons. Other items there are at a supermarket that could cause damage. I don't know. You throw a can of coke at someone's head, that can do serious damage. <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. And also, let's not remember during the Black Lives Matters protests in America, people were throwing cans of soup. Okay, yes. you forget that, Dylan. You forget yes. that. Trump was right on that. They're throwing yes. soup. And they had it, such a great cover-up because if the cops came up to them, they said, hey, I'm just going home making dinner for my family. Look, if Labor gets back in in New South Wales and does tough on crime, get ready to get ID'd for cans of soup. It'll be all in pouches. All right, thanks for catching up, Michael Chamberlain. Where can people see your show if they're down in Melbourne for the Comedy Festival? From the 24th of March to the uh, April 11, uh, head to comedyfestival.com.au for details. It's at the Imperial Hotel upstairs at the Imperial Hotel, which is just over the road from Parliament House. Uh, and you've got a lovely view, a lovely rooftop garden. You, you kind of catch the tail end of kind of, you know, a bit of the warmer weather. Go up there and have a drink and then come and watch old Chambo yell swear words at you. All right, thanks, Chambo. Thanks for being on the show. No worries, man. Have fun. Okay, that's News Fighters for today, March the 25th, 2021. News Fighters is written, presented and produced by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. Before we go, just a reminder for bonus and extended episodes, subscribe to Sans Pants Plus at sanspantsradio.com slash plus. This month's bonus episode covers the Brisbane Olympic bid, the New Zealand tsunami warning, and we have a news quiz with Stefan and a bonus chat with Dan Illick from Irrational Fear, which, by the way, is coming to Melbourne for the Melbourne Comedy Festival on Sunday, April 11th. Come and say hi. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, please feel free to write us a review on Apple Podcasts and hit follow or subscribe on your podcasting app. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.